Hello and welcome to episode 12 of All About Fostering, the podcast from The Fostering Network. My name's David Egbra and this episode we'll be talking about our Sons and Daughters Month campaign. Every year throughout the month of October, we celebrate the vital contribution that the children of foster carers make to the lives of the fostered children who come to live with them. We'll hear from Karina Auer, our press and media officer, who will be running the campaign this year. But first, I caught up with Lydia and Roma Bright to hear their experiences of growing up in a fostering family. How has it impacted your life and what do you think are the big life lessons or life skills that it might have given you growing up in a fostering household? Well, I think for both of us, because I was only 13 months when mum and dad started and Roma was born into a foster family, um, we've never really known any difference. So it's always been our normality. Um, But I do think that it's probably taught us a lot of lessons in terms of, you know, wanting to help those that are less fortunate and giving back and um you know we we've we like grow up in chaos and madness so because of that like we're we're all quite determined and you know we want to fill our lives with as much as possible I think that it's given us an amazing childhood like we've we've never been lonely there's always been a lot of us like I think we've always relied on each other, haven't we? Like, we've never really had to worry about friends and stuff because no. there's so many of us. Yeah, my family is my best friend. Yeah, and we're all, we're all so, so close. And I think that's, that, that's because we've been through so much together, you know. I just think it's been a really positive thing for our family. And I think, you know, everyone can see, like, who follow us on social media or, you know, watched me and Mum on TOWIE how tight-knit our family is and I think that that's all because of what we've been through as a foster family. I think it's really like shaped me as well like as a person like when something bad happens like in life so like my friends wouldn't be able to deal with situations that I can and I can help them deal with it and I think that's because going through like heartache with the children knowing that another child is coming in it's like they feel that hole in your heart and I feel like that's just, like, the continuous cycle of life is that sometimes people go and that's just the way that life is. And oh, it's, so just like, it's just, like, there's, like, a chapter in their life and, and I just think that fostering really, like, changes people's perspective on what life is, really. We've got a baby next to us right now and we're just staring at her, like... We're just like, how are you this perfect... You love watching them grow and to know that you're part of that growing, like, helping them grow is just the best feeling. Like, she done her first clap today and we was all like, oh, my God, and we've all taught her how to do that and I think that's what's so good about fostering. Do you get any comments from friends about, oh, what, what does it feel like? Because obviously the majority of people, the vast majority of people growing up won't have experienced yeah, what Yeah, and you always get, oh, my God, your family sounds amazing. That sounds so... They're like, it must be amazing growing up. And I'm like, yep, there's a whole lot of chaos. (laughs) Yeah, people are always saying that, aren't they? Yeah, all my friends are always like, what is it like? And I'm like, it's just... It's just a big family. Like, it's still a family, it's just bigger. Yeah, it's probably the same as, like, if if a a couple were to have, like, nine children, (laughs) you know? (laughs) It's, it's, It's not, like, the norm. Yeah, I don't think you really, like, think of it as, like oh, the foster kids and stuff like that. It's just, like, a big family. Yeah, I name them my brothers and sisters, not yeah. foster brother and sister. Obviously, they move on and, like, they, they, it changes and things like that, but it's, it's, 
it's just like being part of a really big family. And do, do you manage to stay in touch? As we've got older, we have, because when I was younger, my mum used to do a lot of short-term placements, and obviously I was too young to have a phone and keep in contact. But as we've got older, um, yeah, we try and keep in contact. And my mum and dad have been looking after babies for the f uh, last couple of years. When their babies move on and we get adopted, um, we still we, get to see them. Yeah, up. we keep in contact with their mum and dads or their dads, and then we um, we still visit them or they come and visit us, and it's nice because of the babies you end up getting really attached to because obviously they're with you a lot more because they're not going to school and they rely on you a lot more and yeah it's like that constant being around you so I think that you get a lot more attached to the babies don't you so it's a lot more heartbreaking when they go. I was, I was going to say how do you how do you deal with that as there's quite a lot of loss there and the relationship is severed how how was that growing up? I mean you do cry like some when some of them move on you do get really emotional and you do get and it is heartbreaking yeah, I think it's just a feeling that you as a chapter in their life, that their story's going to continue. Yeah, sometimes it's, it's, it is sad saying goodbye to them, but you know you're almost really excited and happy for them. Because yeah. Because, you know, everyone deserves to have, like, a permanent mum and dad. And, you, and you, it's like the transition as well, like, you get to meet their parents. Or and they're always so members. happy. Yeah, and you see, like, all the joy that it's going to bring them, or, like, you know, family members, like, getting themselves sorted so although it is sad you like majority of the times you know it's the best outcome and what are your recollections of, of all the all the incidents and all the christmases and birthdays that you've had what are some of your happiest memories and fondest memories of that i would probably say so my mum is half italian so um growing up every summer holidays we'd all go to italy for the summer and it was just amazing you all like play out on the beach and it's um, it's like a little village. It's like a second home for them. Like when, yeah. when we was like reunited with our old foster brother, all we kept like saying was, "Do you remember this in Italy? Do you remember that?" And like some of the memories would be like, "When did that happen?" But they like latch on to their memories. Yeah. And I guess then the the flip side of it is that not every time um, someone comes to live with you, will it be sunshine in Italy? It's gonna you're gonna have a few difficult times, some challenging behaviour possibly. Can you sort of talk me through some of the, perhaps the sacrifices or the challenges that you've, you've had to go through as well? Yeah, I mean, like, some of the children, like, understandably, especially when they come in and they're older and they've been in, you know, unsettled environments for so long and seen things that they shouldn't have seen, um, and they come in and they are disruptive and, you know, they're getting in trouble with the police and... You know, we do have that sometimes with the older kids. Helicopters, yeah, helicopters. Like, yeah, we've going had around. the whole lot. We've had we've stealing, police. <laughs> like, we've had a lot of, a lot of incidents. But you, um, I think they grow from it. But it's part of the parcel. You know, you can't, you can't expect to have a child come into care at 10 or 15 or, you know, and expect them to come in if they've been around drugs and alcohol. And, and also they're, like, moving to another family. It's yeah. so, like, nervy, and I think that the way they get through it is by sharing their anger. Yeah. And I think they can't, like, embrace their happiness because they're so angry that they're being, like, passed around, kind of, do you know what I mean? So I think that they have to Some have that right. role model yeah. to help them through it, and that's our job. So have you, is that something that you've sort of learned to adapt to because of obviously it was when we were so young we've never it's just been normal yeah it's just always been like part of the life but i just think you just can't really get too affected by it you just have to accept it that it's happened 
you know, understand why it's happened and move on. And, I mean, Mum's, like, strict in certain ways, but she's also very understanding. And I think if there's people out there that are, like, considering fostering and they're just stressors and warriors and, like... It'll be the end of the world if a police officer knocks on their door, then it's not right for them. Like, you've got to be just quite, like, just understanding, understanding. and just, like, you know, that that's what happens sometimes. It's just... You can't have a you perfect child if they've not come from the perfect environment. There's no such thing as a perfect child. There is, there's me. <laughs> Do you think then it galvanises you as a as a family because you're, you're all in it together? Yeah, yeah. we're everyone such a tight in. family. Yeah, we really and everyone are. mucks in, like, you know, when we have children and stuff, everybody helps out. Have you found that your role has changed during your time fostering yeah I think it really is now with the babies as well like you feel like you're like a, I, yeah i am literally okay like my friend <laughs> my friends are always like roma you're like another mother like when you have children you're gonna know everything prospective uh, foster carers coming in some won't have children of their own some might have children of their own and a lot of the time we hear you know a bit of anxiety around um exposing their children to the life of a foster carer what what would you say to those people i mean i just think you know i don't think exposing your children to like what is out there like is that damaging like obviously a lot of the children come in because of drugs and alcohol i'd say that that's the majority of cases and i understand sometimes when people are a little bit you know dubious talking to their kids about that from a young age but i think it's not really done us any harm like I just think that people... you just can't keep your child in a bubble continuously, yeah, exactly. and I feel like to burst that bubble, you have to like show them the normality of life. Yeah, and that the way to get out of that is by helping them become a stable child. Yeah. Well, thanks to Lydia and Roma Bright for sharing their experiences there. That is one important aspect of our Sons and Daughters Month campaign. Throughout the whole of October, we'll be looking to share the experiences of children and young people who've grown up in fostering households. One way of doing that is through our competition. Another aspect of the campaign is to give recognition for the efforts and for the contributions made by the sons and daughters of foster carers. So now over to Karina, who can tell you a little bit more about that and the campaign as a whole. Every year we run Sons and Daughters Month, which is our campaign to celebrate the vital contributions sons and daughters are making to foster care. Sons and daughters are vital to fostering families. They share their parents, their friends and their toys. But they also make children who come to live with them feel welcome, safe and loved. As part of our campaign, we encourage fostering services to run events and activities um, to thank sons and daughters in their service and we also work with media across the country to raise awareness. We've also prepared thank you letters and certificates that can be downloaded from our website to be sent to sons and daughters foster carers. Throughout October we also run a competition under the theme Fostering Teaches You and we want to know from young people in fostering households what they have learned from growing up in a fostering family and the competition is open to both fostered young people and sons and daughters. To enter the competition, you have to submit either a written piece or a video or a photo or any piece of art that answers the question what fostering teaches you. We will then draw four winners in four age categories and there will also be prizes available and we'll try to share as many submissions as possible on social media to raise awareness for sons and daughters. 
If you want to help us raise awareness for the amazing contributions sons and daughters are making to foster care, then please spread the word about the campaign and also tell your young people at home about the competition. Thanks, Karina, and thank you also to Lydia and Roma, and also Debbie, for their time answering my questions. If you would like to read more about the Sons and Daughters campaign, simply go to our website, which is thefosteringnetwork.org.uk forward slash S and DM. You'll also find a lot more information about fostering, how to become a foster carer, and any questions you might have which are fostering related. The competition details are also on there, as are the thank you letters which you can download for your children. If you've liked this episode of the podcast, please do check out all the other podcasts which are hosted on our website or simply search all about fostering on your podcast app the music in this episode was called heartwarming by kevin mcleod and that's available from incompetech.com thank you for listening